Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. It's the, oh my god, it's so amazing, Belgium's beautiful, I love everyone episode. Thank you for joining us and um, with us as always to guide us through the site of the rear of the uh, the peloton and the the race caravan is our dear friend and um, good luck charm for uh, a high-tech UCK, uh, Sarah. Hello. <laughs> I might be a bit. I don't know what the equivalent of jet lag is when it's only like an hour's hop by tra- by plane and you know half an hour's on the train to Nino. Yeah, trust so trust the English normal, woman. Trust the English woman to plead jet lag for a one hour time difference. <laughs> I know, I know. Here Ooh. in Australia, we go an hour just to get some proper food, <laughs> just to get to work. <laughs> Just to get a cup of coffee on the way to work. (laughs) So, uh, for those of you who Uh, don't follow women's cycling, um, why are you listening to this podcast? That seems kind of weird, but welcome. And also, um, you may not have realised, but Sarah was actually um, a guest at uh, yesterday's La Flash Volon. Uh, race and uh, spent some quality time with uh, a, a group of interested parties. Sarah, do tell us more. <laughs> I went to the Flesh on, which was amazing. It's the fourth round of the world. It's the fourth round of the Road World Cup, which you know, Road World Cup, amazing day races, but it's also one of the iconic races. Just anywhere, male or female, just beautiful race, beautiful race. And I was there with High Tech Products, UCK, the biggest little team in the peloton. Which actually and sounds I had kind a fantastic of fantastic time. Excellent. I was going to say it sounds kind of dirty when you say it like that. Um, I know that's probably not how they mean it, but just kind of does. Okay. Edging <laughs> away from the microphone, looking slightly. <laughs> There you go again with your phallic references, Sarah. Will you please? This is this is almost nearly not quite a family show. <laughs> Fuck. I'm not, really sure how, I'm not really sure how big and little it count as phallic references, but okay. <laughs> Dan, dear listener, mm. is overexcited because this week you may have noticed on our blog, prowomenscycling.com, um, uh, young Daniel put up. I, I'm excited because <laughs> you called me young. <laughs> Dan is slightly overexcited because this week he has put up, and I can say this without laughing, romantic advice from the love lawn. You couldn't say it without laughing. You laughed on advice and love in the <laughs> love. You totally no. did. You laughed. You I laughed. Uh, It's wrong for you, Sarah, to mock other people's pain. I'm trying to provide a valued and valuable service to people in need. You know, there are a lot of people who understand cycling and cycling tactics who have difficulty navigating the race courses of love. Uh, You know, there's no shame in that. No shame at all. I'm just trying to help. So you advised advised the virtual DSers how to pick their lead rider... (laughs) Um, well, the DSs of love. It depends on the, you know, it it's it depends on unique circumstances. Like every race is different. You can race the same course, you know, 
day after day after day and you will still have differences because each situation is unique and it needs its own uh, instant snap analysis and and decision making based on, on the information at hand. The weather changes, who's in the group changes, you know, all sorts of things that are variable. So it's important. But, you know, to be fair, I think it's also important to acknowledge that there are some people, <coughs> Sarah, who think I may not be qualified to uh, give romantic advice as if I have not had enough failed relationships yet. <laughs> um, so we also roped in, you know, uh, an elite cyclist and coach from the US, Heather Nielsen, to provide um, a balancing uh, take on, on situations. Um, and among other things, I'm actually really excited at how well Heather swears. I respect that. Good swearing is important, I think. So, I think so too. Um, but yes, and if you haven't yet read Dan and Heather's advice to the Love Lord, then um, go to our site, prowomencycling.com. And if you are inspired, if you're inspired to ask a question for yourself or for a friend, um, because you know we know that caring, sharing friends. <laughs> well, I was. It's actually it is very interesting the number of people who are in relationships who are asking for advice. Not necessarily even about their relationships. <laughs> but we're, we're not judgmental. We're, we're very open-minded. We're very, very open-minded at ProWomenCycling.com. And, you know, as I, as I did say to one of our question askers uh, this week, cycling is a team sport, so, you know, more involvement isn't necessarily wrong. <laughs> So, yes, so um, people go and read it because Dan's very funny and so is Heather. Um, yes, oh, flesh volon, Dan, flesh volon. I stood on the murder hui and it was a beautiful day. It was the first sunny bike racing day of the season, which is ridiculous. Yeah, no, it, did look, it did look pretty good, you know, from the, the shots of the empty road that we got from RTBF. That was fantastic. <laughs> More on that later. Well, oh, actually, no, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> I got sunburned. How the fuck do you get sunburned in Belgium? I, I actually thought it was literally impossible to get sunburned in the Northern Hemisphere. Well, okay, admittedly, that's not the kind of Australian blisters on your skin, skin peeling and falling off sunburn. But no, it was. I know oh, people Dan, had... Dan, ask me about ask me about the flesh volon, Dan. Ask me about the flesh volon. I will, but I just have to acknowledge. I know people who've had to have skin grafts because of sunburn. All right, so whatever you're calling sunburn does not sound like sunburn to me. I mean, it, here, if you go outside for like five minutes, you're sunburned. Why do you think Stuart Grady looks like he looks? It's, it, he spent seven minutes in the sun once that's just it, it's done, he's cooked I just, yeah, wow uh, so I don't believe, I refuse to believe that you actually got sunburned um, just saying alright, so anyway Flesh will on, did you actually see any of the race? well yeah, I mean okay, so I went to the race with high tech products, it was lovely and I saw the chateau where they stayed the night before mm-hmm 
and I went to the team presentation because the, the women's races, the women's World Cup race, had a team presentation the day before in the big place in Hui. This is one of the things that the men don't have to do, but the women do. But actually, it was really good fun because you rock up there and it's a big place with lots of um, tables with people sitting outside drinking coffees or beers. And they had a band playing ridiculous music every time a team went up on stage, different theme tunes for the different teams. So, uh, High Tech got Eye of the Tiger from the Rocky film. Nice. That's a good... Do, do they get to pick their theme, or is it picked no, by like the race organisers and stuff? Because Team USA got... You know the introduction to YMCA with all the horns? Yeah. That's what Team USA got when they went up. I, I don't understand why you're laughing. I would be thrilled to get that as my theme music. That's good theme music. Everyone gets into it when you're when you're wanting the the support and participation of everyone at the in the crowd. That's one of the best possible songs. Okay, I'm wrong. Um, Clearly, <laughs> yeah. So and then you just and then yeah and then there's how some of the teams hung around and had coffee and sat around in the place and and there's all these people who know each other at races you know who kind of come together every week or whatever at races and you've got the little gang of boy photographers who hang out together and and then you've got like the journalist types and then you've got like people who are there for trips and stuff and it was just it was a really nice atmosphere and lovely and then we got to the race the next day uh-huh and the fl- I don't know. I've never really thought about the you know the kind of places where these races finish. But Fleshwellon finishes in a really residential little area. Um, the the top of the Murdochui is there's a teleferique which ends there, a cable car which ends there, and they have a a little place which has like a children's play park and place to have tea and coffee and a couple of bars and stuff. But basically, it's just like a resident residential streets. It's. Right, so what you're saying is that um, on Strava, there's someone who's got the, the QOM for that segment, and it's uh, a 72-year-old lady who's semi-retired who rides to the shops three days a week and just smashes it home on her townie with a basket on the front with a loaf of bread sticking out. Yeah, probably, probably. And, um, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's... And it's really weird because you park, you park up. We parked up um, in one of the in one of the streets that's off the top of you know the, off the top of the Moor Road, and it's just like people just parking in people's front gardens and front drives, and one of the houses <gasps> was for sale. Did Clint Eastwood come out of one of the houses with his shotgun and like get off my lawn? No, he didn't because he doesn't live in Belgium. I don't know why you think that, Sarah. That's weird. <laughs> One of the houses was for sale, and I was saying afterwards that that's either the best advert in the world that's going to get like some mad psychic fan going, I want that house, or you know, or you better hope that your estate agent doesn't bring anyone around there. <laughs> that reminds me of I don't know if you remember two years ago um, at Podium Cafe when uh, there was a farm right near the the Kappelmuir that went up for sale, and yeah. someone someone found it, and immediately people were like, I'll chip in, quick, let's buy it. We've got to <laughs> we've got to buy it. <laughs> We'll all stay there over Easter. We can camp in the front yard. We have to buy this place. <laughs> Kickstarter. <laughs> Honestly, these days you probably could crowdfund a house on on a yeah. Actually, that's shit. I wish we hadn't said that. Uh, so that I can Dan keep, keep starts that idea. away. <laughs> yeah, uh, property listings in Belgium. Need to do some research. All right, quick. Let's wrap this up. I got shit to do. <laughs> 
it's funny because so so the women start and finish in Hui. Yeah, their finish their finish line is just is is their start line is just above the finish line. If mm. you see what I mean, because you know you're not going to start on the murder Hui. That would be crazy. It's even steeper in real life than it looks in the photos and on TV. I think that's often the case because, um, well, you know, I don't know. Let's just say perspective and call it that. But yes. So. Uh, did you walk all the way up or something? Or no, no, I just I walked a little bit to the way down, but uh-huh. I wanted to be around the top of the, you know, the, around the front of the race, and it's really, really long. But I did go up in the car twice, Dan. Uh huh. And um, mm-hmm. and did the car cope, or did its clutch burn out, or it dropped a gearbox? What what? It was. I don't know. I don't drive. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's leave it at you went over a famous cycling climb in a car. Yay! (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't mean to be such a bastard, except that I do, but... (laughs) I'm not jealous at all. This doesn't come from a place of... Are you just going to ask me snarky questions? It doesn't come from a place of jealousy at all. (laughs) So, what was it like during the race, Sarah? You know, were you sitting there blissfully with your, your I... live TV feed streamed straight to the car, showing you all the action, laughing maniacally at how us poor fucks at home had to follow along on Twitter, and and you know, there was there was precious little information. No, it wasn't like that. It was <laughs> so high tech was so the the first um, the first I don't know ten I think or maybe eight. Number race car numbers are given on the rankings, the World Cup rankings. So high tech, because they were sitting fourth in the World Cup rankings, were fourth in the in the line. So yep. we got to see quite a lot. But you don't. But we were with the race radio and the the, the, the you know the race radio. And I've got to say that doesn't provide very much information. So this is actually one of the questions I had during the the course of the race because. Obviously, I um, follow you on Twitter, as everyone should, um, <laughs> at underscore pigeons underscore. Uh, and I found it hilarious and sweet and awesome watching you provide uh, what race information you could and then also intersperse that with, oh my God, the Belgian countryside's so beautiful kind of tweets, um, which are just so Sarah uh, <laughs> and, and were fantastic. But... Um, it did make me wonder because I there was at some point I think towards the the end of the race where you actually commented that like there wasn't a lot of information coming through on race radio. So yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask, in your considered opinion, do Richie Steach and Carl Lehman make it up? Is that what's going on? Are they just faking? <laughs> no, because well, I totally would. I would. But I went to a couple of races in two thousand eleven with the lovely Matrix Fitness team and Stefan Wyman. And in those ones, there was a lot more information. Um, I think this was probably because it's by the ASO. And I did wonder if maybe they just didn't really care about the women's race or something. But um, yeah, you know, I mean... <laughs> so they, so they, they had to save the batteries for the men's race or something on the radios, yeah, yeah. did they? I mean, and the men's race was going on at the same time. So maybe they just mentioned... I mean, it was really weird because mm. they'd say things like, eight women are up in the break. And you'd be going, yes, yes. And their names and then, are <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. and then you know then, then ten minutes later, eight women in the break, twenty seconds, 
shit, 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 woo, woo. And, and, you know, 20 women in the front. So you're like, like literally not knowing who's there. Mm, mm. And Davey Winant, the DS for high tech, had the earpieces to the, to the riders. But I don't think those radios were working too well right. because they were saying afterwards that they didn't hear much from him and he wasn't getting much information back from them. And right. yeah, so it's kind of a, it must so be a nightmare for... How was it for Davey as the DS then? Because that must be an absolute oh. fucking nightmare when you can't well, hear what's going on. You can't... I tell you about the... Yes, tell me about the story with lots of swearing in it. I'm assu- I, I don't know. I'm assuming there's a story with lots of swearing well, in it. We, so so it, was, it was stressful. I mean, so, so we're kind of going through the race and, and the, race un- the race is unfolding and the race is unfolding. And then towards the end, we're coming in... There have been, been various attacks and various riders getting away. I mean, the first climb up the moor completely shattered the peloton. People were just exhausted, but mm. that's what it's supposed to do. Hurrah, hurrah. But I hadn't realised how harsh the other climbs were in between. Like, they weren't moor harsh, but they were so long. Yeah. And it was the first hot, hot day of the year, and apparently there was some stat, like 32% of Belgians had hay fever yesterday, because I think it's like one of the first... You know, I think it's one of those things where the sun comes out and the trees go, oh my God, and start pushing their bloss- their pollen out as quickly as possible to, right, you know, right. to take advantage of it. But yeah, um, but, so we're, we're going... So, so the air was full of floral sex. And, yeah. Uh... yeah. And so the, race, so the race had broken into small groups, um, to, you know, smaller groups in the middle. And, and like, mm. we're just trying to work out who riders, where riders were. And the the race jury car wouldn't. Sometimes would just make these strange decisions, like, "Oh no, you can't be up front." And then, and that was interesting too, because Rosella Ratto, she'd um, she was having real breathing problems because of, and she 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 got really dizzy. Uh-huh. And I think she, you know, we think we thought she had allergies. Um, you know, it was like it was just a shock. It was just a shock to her system. And yep. we're trying to give her water and think. And Dave was saying, "This is the problem: is if I drop back to give her the water, I can't." then I'm too far, you know, then I've got to get all the way back through. And if there's a problem with Elisa at the front, because you're only allowed one car. Right. I mean, luckily they had a couple of swannies on the roadside mm. um, and you, they could ring through and go, right, make sure you give Rossella water rather than energy drinks and make sure you give um, water to Cecilie to give to Rossella. You know, it was, yep. it was, it was really, really, that was an interesting thing. And that's something that I don't think the men have the issues with because, you know, more than one car and stuff. It's, yep. It's yeah, so that was interesting. But then we are there. We're going. We're going. The race is going on. And after a various little attacks, Tatiana Goderzo gets away towards the end. Yeah, as we're coming into uh, coming into Hui for the last time. Yep. Um, and Tatiana Goderzo is a former world road champion and a mountain goat. So if she'd got to, if she'd have got yeah, to the bottom got of the world first. Mm. Um, and so we're looking at it, and it's like coming through, going, "Ah, oh, the dirt." So twenty-five seconds, five kilometers. Like yes, yes, yes. And then, the th- oh, then ah, oh, the dirt. So fifteen seconds, three kilometers. <laughs> Shit, yes, yes. And then it said, "Ah, oh, peloton complete." When we were at the bottom of the moor, and then nothing all the way up the whole of the moor. Yep. So we're riding up the moor. We're, we're we're sitting with our heads kind of craned out of the open windows because. Every now and again, you'd kind of go past, drive past a, a, a loudspeaker uh-huh. that was giving some information, but you'd hear someone's name, but you wouldn't know what it meant. <laughs> it was just like, because yeah, you just... So because, information with no context, it's great, yeah. Yeah, and even though we were going quite... So we're going quite slowly because we're behind the peloton and, mm. you know, trying not to run over riders who are kind of, you know, shelled off the back. Or at least, you know, strategically run over riders, depending on which <laughs> team they're on there's, and so on. There's no point running them over, Dan, when, when, when you think the race might have been won. <laughs> but um, 
And we're just like going, and then people, then there's people Davy knows, and he'd be going, "What's going on?" And they shout, "Don't know," or whatever, and 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 yeah, and then and he found out from someone, he found out the result from someone shouting it through a car window at him. Oh, hey, hang on, hang on, Uh, I just need to take a moment and pause. Is this going to be the first race recap? Like you actually, this is this is what has to happen in order for me to not give away the end of the race. You have to go to it. That's what I'm trying to do. So in future, if I give away the end of the race, you can't complain because it's just me trying to help you get to go to the next race, okay? <laughs> so go on, go on. Okay. So Who won? We hear, we hear Mariana Voss won it for the fifth time. And we're like, Voss, oh yeah, always Voss. I mean, I'm super delighted that Voss won. And then... Elisa Longo Borghini, high tech rider in second. Mm, mm. I'm just going to put it out there because after um, after the results came through, Carl tweeted that um, you were welcome in their car anytime because you're a good luck charm. <laughs> uh, just want to suggest Carl might want to give me a go because who knows? Maybe the Aussie could get you one more place up the list. It's just <laughs> worth a try. Worth a try. Just just putting it out there. It was amazing, and Davy was so so happy, and we were just cheering in the car. Mm. And you know, got these people by the side of the road, and I don't know what they must have thought. It was just like, yes, ah, yes. <laughs> and Davy had there he was with like tears, tears on his face for mm. Elisa having come second, and it had been quite. I mean, it had been a stressful race for him, and you could see the tension because I mean, up to the first stage of the moor, there are attacks and stuff, but you know, and. But it wasn't like he when we got to this when we got into Hui for the first time he was saying ah oh, and now the race starts, mm. you know and it was yeah it was really interesting. Oh hang, hang on hang on hang on, hang on so now the race starts so similarly to for example last week when uh, one smart ass guy on a podcast was like yeah well you make it to the bottom of the moor and ride like fuck and you were all like that's a bullshit tactic no one would do that you don't know what you're talking about. A little bit like that then, huh? So when I said when I said let's wait a week and see how the race plays out and we'll see who's right. Well no, they did have to stop Tatiana Goderzo getting away, Daniel. Yeah, which they did before then. So, you yeah. know. I mean it was it was a great race. It was I mean it was much more exciting than I thought Flesh Wallon would be, because I thought <laughs> Flesh Wallon was a processional where you just rode round together and then rode up the moor, you know, then, then the fastest person to the top of the moor won the race. Good God, um, we're lucky that none of the pros actually listened to this. If they heard you saying that you thought this was a processional race... No, I'm saying it's not! <laughs> I know, I know, but that you'd even thought that. Holy shit! I mean, you know, it's one thing to joke about Frank Schleck in a canal, it's another... <laughs> All together. Uh, I'm just trying to get you in trouble. Deal with it. All right? You're just being mean to me today. I am being mean. It's, uh, like I said, I'm not jealous at all. <laughs> yeah, so, 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 the murder we... So we basically didn't know. And so, uh, Mariana... So, and at this point, I still don't know the top ten results. <laughs> you still... I know, that it was, I know it was Mariana first. Elisa Longo Borghini second, and Ashley Moolman in third. And this mm. is Ash. Ash is, um, Ash is the first African rider to be on the podium um, of the World Cup. Yeah, she's proudly South African, proudly African. She was saying after the race that she she really wants to be like an ambassador for South African and African cycling, 
And, you know, she'd had a really horrible time at Binder, which should be the kind of race for her, because she'd been so cold and wet, and it had been a bit of a shock coming from South Africa, (laughs) the South African summer, to race in the European, in inverted commas, spring. (laughs) So... Oh, you Euros having to do your oh, season special. And Ash, Ash is such a, Ash's first season, I think it was in 2011 or maybe 2010, but Ash's first season was, she was blogging all the time about how happy she was to be here and, and she's basically a massive fangirl and she had this she had this great blog where she was just like, I'm so happy to be here and she has this Twitter where I said to her afterwards, I'm sure she doesn't tweet when she's in a bad mood, but it just sounds like she's perpetually sunny. <laughs> well, you know, that's that's just another of the many things that makes her a better person than I. I, <laughs> I tweet when I'm in a bad mood. <laughs> oh, you're very funny, Dan. <laughs> oh, don't be patronising. It do- it's not becoming, Sarah. <laughs> so, yeah, so Ash was in third, and who was fourth? Well, in fourth, we had Anna van der Breggen. Oh, of course. And a special congratulations have to go out to Green Edge and Emma Johansson uh, for finally breaking her, her um, series of podiums uh, because yeah. she came in fifth. Uh, so... <laughs> this is literally the first race in the European season that Johansson hasn't finished third on. Poor thing. Um, but, you know, yeah, congratulations, Emma. I mean, to have performed consistently so well across uh, such a long period of uh, time and in so many different kinds of races um, really says a, a lot about how well she's going. And then the fact yeah. that in a, in a race with a couple of really tough climbs like this, she's still right up at the top. That's great. Uh, yeah. In sixth, Ellen Van Dyke. So, Blimey. Ellen, yeah. Ellen Van Dyke, sixth on the murder week. I know, I know, ridiculous. Ellen! I actually saw on Twitter earlier today a little bit of a, a conversation where uh, someone was cracking jokes about the, the Strava um, Queen of the Mountain on, on the Moor segment. And, um, and Ellen was like, no, 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 Evie, it's still technically Evie's. It's just that her Garmin broke when she, was, she rode so fast it broke last year. So. Modest too, yeah. Specialized, specialized road, a really strong race. I mean, they didn't have a climber, mm. and that must weigh on them. And they because well, they've oh had God. such dreadful luck. So apparently, Gillian Carlton crashed in a race last week as well. I mean, mm. I, I can't. So they, you know, generally, you I think Ellen's. I think Ellen's actually Ellen and Lauren Rowney are the only riders they have left. They're actually a team of two now. I'm pretty sure. Touch wood, touch oh. wood, because I'm just. I I I'd said to Lauren beforehand just. Just get yourself exorcised or something. No more crashes. But I think they're going to have to be stuck. If they're, the way they're going, they're going to have to sign up um, um, guest riders just to get the right number of starters. Wow. Although, as we said, better to, Lauren said, better to get all the crashes out of the way at the start of the season. Mm. True. Because well, they let's... can come back. They can come back and Evie at the Giro Rossa. Yes, indeed. And, and that will be very exciting. And Ina and Ina sprinting at the Giro Rossa mm. and Evie at Worlds and Trixie at Worlds. So, so you know, may it may it uh, come to pass. I think they've had they definitely had their annual quota of crashes. I'm pretty sure. Yes, so, yes, yeah. probably more more than their fair share. So, dear cycling gods, let's just stop now. <laughs> just stop. Um, in seventh, we had Elena Amieluzic from B Pink. 
Yeah, and she'd attacked. She'd attacked loads throughout the race. She'd she had a solo. She was out solo in the second lap. Uh-huh. Um, she's having a really interesting season too. She's been really super strong. So yeah, interesting. Awesome. Uh, then Pastor Zara and Amber Nebin in at eighth. So well done, Amber. Yeah, nice to see Amber back. Amber was riding the Redland Classics uh, last week in mm. America, mm. Um, and she was riding as with her Dare to Be team. As in, um, she has she runs this foundation called the Dare to Be Project, which is uh, provides bikes for homeless kids and tries to do some aspiration raising work with homeless kids. And yeah, and so yeah, we I my kudos and hats off to Amber, and nice to see her up in the results. Indeed, absolutely. Um, so then in at ninth was Tiff Cromwell from Greenwich. Yay! So well done, well done, Tiff. Um, and given that it was her dad's birthday last week, you know, nice present for him. Let's, let's, uh, let's Oh, happy, I didn't know it was her dad's birthday. Happy birthday, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then in at 10th, uh, Jessie Dams from Bombs. Jessie Dams. She again, she, sh- I mean, uh, wow, I would have expected her to be a sprinter. I mean... There wasn't... Obviously, I didn't know how the race panned out, yeah? Mm. And so when I was asking Elisa afterwards what happened, she said, at the bottom of the... They, 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 at the bottom of the moor, Orica and Specialized were going really strong and really, really organised, but they seemed to stay together. She said, they, she said, we stayed together until the top, which I think, yeah, that probably means a different thing if you're at the front and if you're at the back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think they had quite a good... You know, quite a, quite a big group of riders up them. It wasn't one of those... Um, Emma Pooley attacks at the first turn, and, yeah, you know, yeah. it, because a lot of the climbers are out this year, so I think it was less of a, it was more of a sprint than a climb. And mm. then apparently Mariana started to uh, started to sprint as soon as it started flattening out. I mean, okay, it's yeah, still not well, that makes people. that makes sense. I mean, uh, what is it? It's it's somewhere around the 150 meter mark where the gradient, like the really steep gradients, finish. Yeah. Um, so traditionally, if if the race is going that way. Um, most people try to hold on till till that point before launching the the attack. And you know, yeah. in the men's race, we've seen you know riders like Contador be caught out going a little bit earlier and trying to break everyone, and not actually being able to continue through, and then having someone who waited sprint past them in the last hundred meters. Yeah. So I mean, it, it makes sense if that's the way the race is going, and certainly yeah. with uh, fewer climby climbers, um, and without Evie just to smash her way up that wall like she did last year. Um, you know, it's it's a different kind of thing. There are one or two more people that I want to mention from the, the top 20. Um, mm-hmm. So in at 12th was Lizzie Armitstead for, for fans following along at home. Oh, uh, fantastic. At 13, we had the, the French and Rabo favourite Pauline Ferrand Prevost. Uh-huh. She hasn't had such a good year as she did last year. I don't know whether no. last year was just superb mm. or whether she's decided she wants to focus on mountain bike. And if she wants to focus on mountain bike, she can't be in the top 10 in World Cups. Or yeah. if it's just that or, she's had a... Or if it's just, you know, trying a different program this season or yeah. niggling health issues or who knows. Mm-hmm. No idea. But, you know, top 20, good stuff. Um, Carly Taylor was in at 14. Um, so well done her. Um, go Aussie. And uh, our, our long-term favourite here, Marine De Vries, was 19th. Marine was 19th? Oh. Yeah, another Marine. top 20. It's so good. I'm really happy and excited to see her continuing to do well this year. Um, oh, she is. I mean, and she's on the same team as Ash, of course. Mm, and, I mean, mm. oh, it's just great. It's, it was... 
it was lovely. I mean, it's funny because so after the race finished, after the race finished, we parked, you know, we kind of went through, yay, cheering, and parked the team car and then ran back to the start line to try and find Elisa to congratulate her, but also seeing other riders. Mm. And they're like, what happened? What happened? Because they didn't know either. Yeah, yeah. So they're like, what happened? What happened? Oh, she got second. Yay! Hugs all round. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I got to tell Chloe Hosking that Elisa had come second. And she was like, <laughs> no way! Zoom! To go, to go and find Elisa and give her a big hug. And, uh. Yeah, it was really, it's really funny. I mean, but both before and after the race, you're walking, you know, you're kind of just, just, just part, you know, you're just walking around among the riders getting mm. ready. I've got all these photos of riders doing their exercises and getting massaged and stuff like that before the race. I mean, the only one who was different is Mariana Voss. Uh-huh. Every time from the, you know, her, the Rabo bus was just completely packed, you know, completely just, just people around it all the time. Yep. And when she, when, when she left, it was just like, vroom, people everywhere and she's mm. so nice and sweet about it and you know really really she still she looks like she's glowing still uh-huh. she has that you know after the olympics she just developed that golden glowing radiant self-confidence happiness self-assuredness you know she was always she's always been a lovely lovely person but it just feels like it just feels like there's this i don't know whether it's a weight off her shoulders or just she knows that she's I'm just going to put a question out there, and I want you to let me to get to the end of the question, and then I want you to answer really, really honestly. Okay. If the Dutch were to once again invade England and install Mariana Voss on the throne, would you accept her as your queen? Oh, well, I mean, A, I'm a Republican, not an American-type Republican, I'm a British-type Republican. Uh, yes, I, I, I'm um, aware of that. That's part of the foundation of, of why normally, I'm asking the question. Actually, last time... Actually, last time they didn't invade. Um, last time we invited them over. Um, Parliament invited them o- invited them over to come and rule us. So yeah, um, I would be quite happy for um, it's definitely instead of Prince Charles to have Mariana Voss as, as our, I, I for one welcome our golden over lady. Okay, okay, good. You heard it here first, folks. Um, get your votes in early and vote off and Mariana Voss for Queen. Except, 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 maybe I wouldn't because then she'd have to have all her time doing stupid things and, you know, waving at people and going on these really weird trips. That's and, what she know. does now. She wins bike races now. I know, surrounded so... by people and having to wave and going to crazy places to ride bikes. But did you see her tweet? Her tweet the other day. Um, it was in the middle of the men's race on. Sunday, and she had a tweet where it was something like, first day I could ride in shirt sleeves. So happy! (laughs) (laughs) Or something like, a sunny day on the bike and everyone's out, a sunny day in Holland and everyone's out on their bike, first day in shirt sleeves. Mm. So happy! Or something like that. And just, just, you know, no, just, Mariana Voss loves cycling. She just does love cycling. And if you think you love cycling, I'm sorry, but Mariana Voss loves cycling more than you do. <laughs> Mariana Voss loves cycling more than everyone else in the world put together. She just loves cycling, and is, is so, and it's and it's and it's actually a joy to see. So yeah. So Sarah's is a staunch Voss monarchist. Uh, good to know. Good to know. Um, yeah. So. What else, like, is there more to to your race experience? Because I would like to share some of my race experience when... Oh, let's, well, let's have some of yours first, then. Okay. How's your, how's your race experience? Sure. Won't take long. It was... Yep, that's what it was. Um, 
so I have to say that that the women's edition of the race is, um, you know, I'm sure it's an excellent race. It sounds like it was an excellent race, and um, and the the tweets that we were getting during the race were making it sound like an excellent race. But you wouldn't know that from the fucking TV coverage. What was what was I mean? What was there because we'd we'd said before. I mean, the, in a way, and flesh to Flanders and Fleshwellon are the easiest races to do, yeah, mm. aren't they? And and Omnipet Noisblatt because the well, but Flanders and Flesh they're on a fixed run in. Flesh has fixed cameras all the way up the moor, fixed camera points, yeah. Yep. And when and it's specifically designed that when the women are riding the moor, the men are on some really dull part of the part of the course. It that's how it's designed. Yep. So. And, you know, as we mentioned before, well, races continually show us how they can show the front of the peloton and the back of the peloton at the same time in split screen. So even mm. if they didn't want to miss a minute of the men's race, they could still... Could still show us. But, you know, uh, instead what we got on the RTBF feed um, it was, well, okay, first of all, credit where it's due. They did actually offer a stream that was from the finish line. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, it consisted of three cameras, two being web cameras mounted in commentators' laptops that literally were uh, a head-on shot of two guys sitting next to each other, which they showed in a split screen. It was fucking weird, to be honest. Um, but anyway, and then there was the fixed camera on a crazy 45-degree tilt angle um, of the finish line back towards um, Murder Hui. And, and, you know, the approach to the finish line. And the reason that I know that is because they did actually cut to that camera on three, maybe four occasions during the period that I was watching that dedicated stream. And the rest of the time, it was just the, the people sitting in the booth um, talking. What frustrated the shit out of me and made me say, before we started recording, I actually said to Sarah, the coverage that we got was worse than no coverage at all. And I... Oh, really? I, it fucking... I wanted to hurt people. Um, last time coming up the moor, and we know from, you know, from your tweets that, like, you know, at this point, like, I'm sitting at home going, like, the last thing I'd seen from you was Gaudenzo at 15 seconds, three kilometres to go. And, you know, like, that's enough information to have you edge of your seat. Oh, my fucking God, what's going to happen? You know, I need to know something, anything about what's going on. And mm. at that point, if I had um, been in any way in charge of the coverage, we would have done the simplest and most fucking obvious thing in the world, which is cut to the finish camera and sit with it. Because yeah. who gives a shit that there's no one coming over the crest of the, the climb right now? They will at some point. We know they're going to, and we want to see them when they do. Mm -hmm. So they cut to it. And realise that there's no one there, so they cut back to the two guys in the booth. I can sort of forgive that once, because, you know, they're a bit of a way out, blah, 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 and, like, hopefully there's some cues, and, and you know, obviously the director can see that shot all the time, even when they're not showing it to us, so obviously they'll cut to it as soon as there is a rider. I'll, I'll be patient and give them the benefit of the but, doubt. But surely, but surely they could also hear... Because if you're standing on the murder hui, you've got the commentary. You've got the commentary coming through about everything. Yeah. Yep. So if you're standing on the moor, you can hear them say, "And blah 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 blah. Yep. Something's happening. There yep. they are. They're at they're at three hundred to go. They're at two hundred yep. to go. Ah, oh, all together. Riders dropping off. Oh, you're not go. making it better. 
so so they cut they they cut to the they cut to the camera again, and still no riders, um, and so they cut back to the booth, and then um, obviously everything that you just described had started to happen. Noise must have been going on outside. Um, you know, like the the commentators were mic'd up directly so we couldn't hear the, the ambient audio, but um, the, the anchor... Were going crazy. The anchor of the broadcast looks over his shoulder out the window twice. I'm screaming at my computer by now, cut to the fucking camera! And then, then, he, he stands up, leans over the top of his laptop... So all we're now, all we're now seeing on his shot is um, his his svelte French belly in a nice blue linen shirt as he looks out the window to watch the finish of the fucking race, which we can't see. What? <laughs> and then he sits back down, and they keep talking. And about a minute and a half later, about, about a minute and a half later. They cut to the camera, and we're just watching stragglers, like lone individuals, not even a bunch, crossing the line, ragged and tired, and not knowing how far back they are, or anything. Just no way of knowing what's happened. I, I don't understand. Why? Why? That sounds actually worse than it, normal. It actually, to me, was worse than if there'd been nothing. It was the ultimate ultimate bait and switch fuck you over kind of thing i just i could not believe it but there are fixed i mean you know when i say there's fixed cameras up the moor there are fixed cameras on on oh sorry i forgot to add i forgot to the other add the bit that really rubs salt in the wound because by then they'd gone to a three image split screen so we had the we had the two guys in the booth who each had their own laptop webcam thing that was stupid and bullshit and we did have race pictures in the third screen provided of BMC riding, not even tempo, just riding at the front of the men's peloton, you know? It's so hard. It's so hard because I just want to see what happened. I want to see all this is the, This the is more, the thing that, sh- that shits me. Is It's like, I'm not even, I'm asking for like two minutes of coverage. Two minutes, two fucking yeah. minutes from a fixed camera. You don't even have to pay someone to be there. They just set the thing up. It was on a fucking bullshit angle and I still didn't care. Just <laughs> cut to the fucking thing. I just, oh my God. Oh my god! Uh, fuck! I still want to throw things out windows. Oh, not that I have strong feelings about it at all. No, no, you don't have feelings. Mm. No, <laughs> feelings are boring. Very calm individual. Feelings are boring. Kissing is awesome. Uh, <laughs> I ha- I have the t-shirt to prove it. So. Hmm. So yeah, yeah. So I'm glad I, you I, I'm glad you had a great time in the team afterwards, car. Afterwards, we went. We went back. You know, afterwards, I went. I went to the. I stayed with them in the team bed and breakfast in 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 Ninov, and and we were looking for video of it because and so there's like one and a half, one minute forty five on Sportsa. Yeah. And that shows the finish, and it was quite pixelated, and you know, it's only that kind of final finish. And Elisa was was talking about it. She was saying, "Yeah, look." She and Ashley, it was really, really neck and neck, and she she held up her little finger. You know, I went by that much. You yep. know, the kind of the, the width of her littlest, her, the, the narrowest width of her little her little finger. I I got, you know, a second. I beat Ashley by that much, and you could see her yeah. kind of pulling. You know, doing that kind of that little jump at the end where you you know that, that sprint jump thing. Yeah, yeah. 
and just just getting it. But she said, and she said that Mariana had started. I think she started at three hundred meters to go. Wow! And she said that yeah, Mariana had time to put her arms up at the end, but they crossed the line just like really short behind her. They 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 you know they they might they were they were catching her. Mm. And yeah, it was. And but it's so frustrating. And then and then Amelia turned around and said, "I just wish we could see more of it." Yeah, yeah. And I just like and my heart's breaking for them because. His riders who had, you know, some of those riders suffered like hell, you yeah. know. Elisa yeah. came second and that was fantastic, but some of the, it was really hard racing and mm. and if you didn't, you know, if you didn't finish, you had riders who were a little bit down because oh, yeah. I haven't done my best bit, my, haven't I couldn't help you more and Elisa's like, "No, no, no, you were chasing all those early breaks. You did your job." And she is she's only 21, but mm. oh my god, that woman is mature and professional. Mm. But, you That's know, awesome. you're you're sitting there with riders who who their friends and family have been want to watch it too. Um, yeah. Well, but it's not just that. I mean, this is one of the things that, um, like, about sport in the modern era, it's actually fucking important for professional development. You know, being yeah, able to yeah. review your performances. I, and I mean, you know, not just sport, any fucking job, we have performance reviews. We, we measure against certain criteria and we determine what we did and didn't do right and what we can do better yeah. next time. And that's how we, you know, grow and improve in, in any facet of life. And these are professional sports people. They're professional athletes. This is their job. And they're being denied a fucking fundamental tool. And, you know, plus, you know, I really wanted to see it. And I don't give a fuck whether that's fair or right or not. I just wanted it. And I still want it. And I'm really pissed off. But, you know, um, you know the other stupid thing is at the start, there were two helicopters over the front, over the race. Mm. And, and they kind of, the helicopters kind of disappeared later on in the race. But, like, we're watching the helicopters swooping and taking yeah. those great, long, you know, sideways shots and stuff. And we know there's TV cameras in there, and mm. we know there's all the fixed cameras. And that kind of makes it worse, is knowing that there's... That's the thing. There. Knowing that it's all there and that we still can't see it just drives me nuts. It really gives me the shits. And I know I've talked about, like, Viclone in particular before, but I swear to fucking God, Sarah, that, that it has to happen. Like, fans, people by the side of the road, we've got to take this shit into our own hands, like, quite literally, and get our own yeah. videos up and and connect them to each other and... and you know, it's not being done for us, so fuck the people who could have taken advantage of the opportunity, and fuck the people who you know could have could have had a commercial interest and and got all the all the benefit out of it. You know, it, it, we'll do it ourselves. Yeah, I mean, and look at the countries. Look at the you know look at the countries represented there. Mm. You've got the Netherlands. You've got Italy, which are two of the biggest site. You know, Italy's like probably the biggest cycling nation in the yep. world isn't it in terms of interest in it yep. you know you've got you've got south africa who are really interested in ash's performance it's, it's like this is it's not even like it's oh well you know it was won by some woman from guam and there's a niche interest in it it's like it's mariana voss mm. i mean people were people people just swarmed on her they they love her yep. she's you know she's she's just She's an amazing personality, mm, and mm. you know, and Elise is this young, fresh Italian talent. You know, yeah. Rai, Rai would like to show that stuff. You know, and mm. um, the thing that made me laugh is, uh, so my friend Ben Atkins, who writes for Velo Nation, is doing the, um, you, is is doing the the three minute um, race videos for the UCI. Yeah. Yep. Um, that, that go up on the website on the UCI's website after the after the race and. They get their, they're supposed to get their footage from the race organiser. And this week, 
Oh, and no. they're supposed to put it online. And I don't know if you've seen that video yet, but it's like there's no race footage because they didn't get any. And actually, when it's coming to the end, the camera's pointing at one of the big screens where there is, because I think they did actually push the big the, the final footage onto the big screen. Mm. And that's it. And then they've got the footage of the finish line that they filmed themselves. Holy fuck. So even the UCI's, even the UCI's contract to get this stuff, even the UCI's own... Own, you know, the product, even the yeah. uh, even the production for the UCI can't find this. I mean, they've got to, and it will be so sick. Okay, how you change this as well? You say, okay, I'm the ASO. Do mm. you want the contract for the women's fle- women's mm. flesh on? Mm. You want the contract, okay? In that case, you have to. Sh- you know, do you want the contract for the men's flesh on? In that case, you have to cut and do at least split sp- split screen on the main bro- on the main yeah. feed. If not. If not, show it, you know, with the men in the cor- in the box in the corner, and you've got to show the whole of the women's moor climb. Exactly. This is all I'm all I'm asking for. This is the thing that really shits me is, I don't think I'm being unreasonable. I'm not asking even for full screen. I I will as much as I don't like it. Accept that at the moment, based on the the commercial terms of it, there is greater interest and support and commercial. Um, sensibility behind the primary coverage being for the men's race. I will, or, ac- or, I will accept or that. Fear, or there's a real fear of change, that, uh, and, but, and people are scared. And people are scared of alienating well, the possibly. kind of men's cycling fans who I had conversations with, who who actually think that if you go to a commercial break in you know kilometer fifty in a race, that they're missing some crucial piece of action. Mm, mm. But the thing is, I will accept that. I'm not demanding that we ignore the men's race in favour of the women's. I'm asking for, you know, my ideal world would be, yes, that we cut to the women, particularly for the final climb in this race of, of Hui. But because who wouldn't want to watch? Who, who wouldn't want to see that? Them. These are the world's best cyclists in, in the field. You know, competing on one of the world's most famous climbs. Who wouldn't want to but, see that? But, you know, but I'd, even if I'd we watch can't, scouts race up the murder we. <laughs> even yes, but you're special, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I, with a capital S. Um, <laughs> but, capital S for special. Capital S for Sarah. Exactly, special Sarah. She's so sweet. Alliteration <laughs> for the win. Um, <laughs> But, but I'm, awesome. I'm being realistic, though, that even accepting all of that then, all I'm saying is at least give us a fucking, you know, split-screen picture-in-picture and, and just let us see it, you know? Just just let us fucking see it. And it's it's such a small thing in, in the four hours of coverage that the men's race will get to give us five minutes, five minutes included... You know, not instead of, included in that broadcast. For fuck's sake. You know, for fuck's sake. I I honestly, at this point, at this point, I'm seriously, I'm calling a subject change because I'm just going to work myself into a real rage if we keep going. But there should be, I mean, we should think about what we can do about this because I suggest that we write to the ASO and the UCI and say, and our feds, and say, look, on the women's flesh will on, this is what happened, this is what the, the, the TV, this is what the feed was given, this is unacceptable, can you please make sure it's in the contract for any TV broadcaster that they show blah, blah, blah. What do you think? 
The problem Fun is... action, man. At yeah, least, yeah look, look the, the problem is, though, that I, right now, I've worked myself into such a rage that I'm not going to be able to, to respond to that without applying my most negative and cynical brain and that's not the right brain to apply to fan action i'm with you but i i have to say that i i can't discuss it right now okay still too angry the wounds are too fresh it's still too raw it's just too soon sarah too soon okay well if anyone's listening to this um and that and you have ideas of what else we can do we'll put in a post next week to say this is what we this is what we've done this is what we're going to do this is what you can do if you like and if you have any other ideas of cool ways that we can try and affect change then bring them on for example if you're from anonymous and know how to hack the coverage and just force the women's coverage the whole time do that do that for sure do that so yes so dan has feelings people no, I'm, I'm, I don't want to mock them actually because you know I I am with you. I am still in an afterglow of being <laughs> yes, I'm being in Belgium. You're in a bubble you know, of happiness, and I'm in a bubble of rage. <laughs> but you know, there were all these things. I mean, it's a really strange race because I. It's a really strange thing because there's like three or four places where. So when you're in the team car, you asked this earlier what what you can see, and these plate there is a couple of places where you can see, where the road will take a hard right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can look over, you can look out of the window and see the peloton on the right hand side, and we can see, for example, Rach Nayland going really hard on. I think it was the penultimate climb at the you know at the bottom of the penultimate climb, or you could see Chloe on the front of the peloton earlier. You know, at the, in the beginning of in the first lap. Yep. And that was that's really nice. Um, but yeah, you can't really see what's going on up ahead except for when. But it's a very rolling race. It's there's not very much flat stuff, and if it's not rolling, it's twisting. Generally, it's rolling and twisting. And I have to say, Pelas, uh, DS driving skills. Oh my god! I every time I've been in a team car, I've been absolutely flabbergasted because you've got riders all the time on the road, kind of riders who've been dropped. And I have to admit, there were riders who had started, I mean, there was a little crash at the start and there were some riders who were fighting, fighting, fighting to get back. And Davey said, yeah, you know what? By the time they get back, we'll hit the first hill and they'll be back, they'll be at the back of the get, they'll be at the back again. Uh-huh. And, you know, there were certain riders who kept dropping off and fighting to get back on. And then as soon as it went uphill, dropping off again. Mm. Um, which must be really, really, really frustrating. I mean, I guess if you're, you know, so 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 Chloe had done all her work at the start of the at the, at the start, and so she didn't ride the final moor climb. You know, she 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 didn't ride she didn't ride the final moor climb, uh-huh. and she came back and she was like, oh, you know, I wish I'd done more. And I, no, 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 you're great, you're great. And she was, she was great. I'm not just saying that, but um, she, you know, but but at least she had the happiness of knowing that her teammate had come second. Yeah, yeah. You know, or you know, it's, whereas it must be just devastating to be, to you know, to be to be racing like that, and 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 it really shows the the different the different the the different levels that people are at in in that race. Oh, the other funny thing was at the start of the race, so we're driving along, and there's this one lone figure, rainbow stripe flick figure about 100 kilometers back off the peloton. And we're like, shit, has Mariana had a mechanical? What's going on? And there she was kind of just going very slowly, you know, not spinning slowly. And apparently she just shot through the peloton and attacked in about kilometer 15. (laughs) And it was Mariana warming up. (laughs) (laughs) Just a slow start. She dropped back for an espresso and a chat. Uh, Maybe a a pastry. And then... (laughs) I think she dropped back 
just to just to get it in her legs how it felt to chase back on. <laughs> Because oh, oh. you know Mariana couldn't go and do a do a like yeah. free you know do a little walk to do do a little warm up because you know Mariana yeah um, yeah and yeah but there are all these things like there are these sections where it was really dusty and there was all this dust up off the road but there were sections where horses you know like when you see the Tour de France and they cut to a shot of horses running in fields by mm. the side of the race yes that happened about three times. <laughs> But it's the it same really horse. Happens. They're just moving from field to no, field. No, it was different. There was a beautiful, big, white, grey, I don't know what you call it, stallion. <laughs> I feel like I've these... fallen into Sarah's Twilight Zone teenage years. I'm, there were, there I'm, were two I'm, I'm on a podcast ponies. talking with a girl about ponies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my life has taken such a horrible turn. I don't know what I did wrong. <laughs> Everything. That's what. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what else? I mean, there are all these race, you know, the helicopters and this and that. It was mm. just, it was lovely. I'm sorry, I should. I'm making you jealous again. I'll, <laughs> no, I'll no, stop no, talking about awesome. my fantastic time at the race. No, it's awesome. It really is. <sighs> and it, I'm glad you had a had such a wonderful time. But. Um, now that that's over, what have we got to look forward to? What's the next race that you're going to? Well, this... Oh, I wish I was going to another race, Dan. Mm. Sigh. If you'd like Sigh. to take Sarah to a race, please do. <laughs> Carl Lima swears she's good luck. You too could get second place in a World Cup. Well, um, the, well the next World Cup is in um, May. Mm. And... Uh, which is which is Chongming Island, and that was an interesting thing. Yeah, you know, Chloe was having to go back home because because uh, they can only issue visas. China only issues visas to you in your home country. So any rider who wants to go to Chongming has to kind of go back home and apply for it at home. Right, right. Which is slightly more easy if you're going to say Italy, even though it's still annoying for the Italians. It's slightly more easy. But more irritating if you're Australian. Well, yeah, but then technically, like at least Australia's on sort of the same hemisphere as China in terms of Eastern Hemisphere-ish. Yeah, if you're paying the money for an extra flight back. <laughs> well, yeah, flights are a slightly different thing because, you know, airlines are bastards. But, yeah. yeah. But the next race is, so this weekend is Sprint Weekend. It's it's a traditional fast, flat, Kirsten Vildi race. Omloop van Borsele mm-hmm. on Saturday and Dwar's Door Westhoek. On Sunday. Now that should have been a different race. That race has been cancelled. West Hook is a Lotto Cycling Cup race. I don't know much about okay. it, so I'll include the video in the links page that we always do for our podcast on ProWomenCycling.com. And then the race after that is um, the, is another stage race, the Festival Luxem- Festival Cyclisme Luxembourg, Elsie Jacobs. Yep. And the and at the same time. Gracia Olova in the Czech Republic. Cool. And Gracia Olova has Emma Pooley. <laughs> also known as Sarah's other, 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 other favourite writer. Aha, uh-huh. Emma Pooley coming back. Emma Pooley this year has been spending her time finishing off her PhD. 
Um, and riding the most ridiculous mountain triathlon. Um, just uh, the profile. Yeah, it, it, it's some kind of alpine mega triathlon where they swim across an alpine lake, mm-hmm. cycle up an alpine mountain, and then run up and out to the foot of a glacier. Why would anyone do that? It makes no sense. I know, but um, yeah. So hope. So this is going to be, you know, um, Emma. We won't see her in any of the big races until mm. uh, and the biggest races until later on in the year. Well, Worlds ITT, I think, is her big thing. And hopefully, apparently, um, Specialized Lululemon for some reason don't ride Luxembourg. They ride Czech instead. And last year, I think they might have won every stage and had the first five in the GC. Um, but they, uh, yeah, I, but maybe this could be the return of Evelyn Stevens to the Peloton. Oh, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. And yeah, so, yeah, and, and Elsie Jacobs is a fantastic, well, tell you, I'll tell you more about it next week, but I love that race. I went to it in 2011. It is a fantastically organised, lovely race, and mm. it's named in honour of Elsie Jacobs, the first ever winner of the World Road Championships. Huh. Luxembourg. Awesome. I'm sure it's not pronounced Elsie Jacobs in Luxembourgish. I'm sure it's called Elsie Jacob or something, but yeah. Yes, something suitable. If you're from Luxembourg and um, not a schleck who hates us, um, feel free to get in touch and tell us how to pronounce it properly. Uh, or, or if you are a schleck who hates us, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm open to that. Oh, could you imagine if we got Frank on the show next week? And... Dear Frank, don't start, don't start me. Tell us about the canals in Luxembourg. I listened. I actually listened to our last week's podcast and laughed out loud um, at, at the idea of Frank Schleck riding Energy Walk Tour again. <laughs> so yeah, um, look out for. I'll be writing. I'll be putting up photos of my time with High Tech and writing about it. And I'll put links on our site. And mm-hmm. yeah, and I'll put links to the videos and links to everything we find, as always. Awesome, awesome. And uh, I'll be soliciting more uh, questions for those who need love and or race advice, basically the same thing either way, um, for our (laughs) next column with myself and Heather Nielsen uh, answering your questions, providing you the very best or possibly the very worst in relationship advice. You know what? Your relationship advice slash race advice column, keep the rubber side down. (laughs) (laughs) It takes on a different meaning. Yes, well, good rubber is very important. I have to say that at the moment is my favourite opening phrase to every answer I've given is, in relationships, just like racing, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we get more questions so you can give more answers because I love that for them. <laughs> Uh, and if you've got news and stories and things to share with us, let us know. Uh, we're always on the look, and, you know, we like you guys. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Uh, okay. Bye-bye.